0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report, Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us coming up on today's show. Gonna to be joined by Amber Theo Harris of the Sirius XM NFL Radio Channel as well as Westwood One. She covers the National Football League and will also be on the call, the National Radio Broadcast for this weekend. Game between the Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. We we'll preview that game as well as the rest of the NFL playoffs. When Amber joins us, coming up in just a little while from right now. Plus, we'll have Coach Bo's Football Fix, presented by O'Connor Advisory Group. We'll also have our uh, Big Twelve breakdown. We'll take a look around the National Football League, and we'll have our Tom Fulmer story of the week coming up at the end of the show as well. Tom Bridges is here with me as always. Tom good to uh hear from you and uh how you feeling after that uh that that lost the uh the Rams took we uh we had a little fun with that on the uh, Seahawks channel on uh on Sunday uh with that uh, that watch party there. I mean hell I donated a good bar tap.
1: you did I mean I could uh I could have been I could have been hammered drunk but you know what, uh, you know, if I can support a friend, uh, I mean, I, I doubt you guys beat the 49ers, but I, and, 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 well, I say that, um, you know, off obviously chat sports, we obviously know that if it became down to chief Seahawks, even if you cover the Seahawks from chat, uh, we, we all know who your allegiance would be to let's, let's not get crazy. So, um, I mean, at the end of the day, fuck it. I hope I hope the Seahawks beat the 49ers because fuck the 49ers. But um, if I was a betting man, um, if if Kevin Stitt, you know, he just getting he just got inaugurated um, again, unfortunately, um, as governor for Oklahoma. Um, hopefully, he can legalize sports betting. They have mentioned that. Uh, and it and again, if I was a betting man, I would not be putting my money down on Seattle straight up. I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the line is, Jones. Do you know what the line is for this weekend?
0: Ten and a half
1: for San Fran. Um, All right. Yeah, you know, that's a pretty fair line. I'd, I, I would lean towards putting, you know, maybe, maybe the same fifty I put into your chat down on seattle covering that i think it's probably i think it's less i think it's a ten's probably pretty solid 10 and a half that's a good line
0: yeah well uh we'll pick that game coming up later i gotta say though tom um i'm excited about the playoffs and everything and that'll be great but i was just pleased to have a sense of normalcy two things i'm so happy that demar hamlin is okay and that he's on the right track and, you know, it's been a miracle. I mean, we've seen the power of prayer just work incredibly uh, over the last few days and what it's done there. I mean, just a unique story. But also just the fact that we got to have these football games, that life moved on, the NFL adapted, they made the decisions they made, wasn't necessarily a perfect solution, Uh, you know, this neutral site AFC championship game possibility and some of these things that ended up the way they did. Nothing was perfect. But nonetheless, just the fact that, you know, we got to play football, that tomorrow's okay, I'm just thrilled. I'm glad that things have gone the way that they have. And I thought the most powerful moment this weekend, Tom, was when we saw the Buffalo Bills open up the game against New England with a with a kick return touchdown and the place in Buffalo there just going electric I mean that was that was just awesome.
1: I mean that was pretty special. Um, you know how I feel about scripts uh, and and scripted things, and I'm not. I, I think this is kind of one of those random scripts. Um, I told you all this, and I told my other fantasy football group this. Jones, tell me if I'm wrong. This is my prediction. Overall prediction for the entire playoffs, I've got the Bills and the Bengals playing the game they should have. Uh, you know, obviously minus the, the, the craziness that was the DeMar Hamlin thing. Uh, I, You know, I, I, hate to, I hate to be the business forward guy, but someone's always got to profit off someone else's misfortune. But Bengals, Bills – AFC Championship, I know you don't want to hear it as a Chiefs fan, but I got Bills, Bengals, and the AFC Championship. Bills will win it, and as much as it pains me to say, I think it's scripted kind of like the NBA to a certain extent. It will not surprise me if it's Bills, Bengals, and the AFC Championship. Bills win it. Bills go on to play the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Bills get 30, 30 years worth of revenge. Damar Hamlin walks out at halftime. Feel good story of the year. Bills win the Super Bowl. You heard it here first, folks. Bills, Cowboys, Super Bowl. They're going to – I hate this. I do because I'm like this – that that whole thing with DeMar Hamlin was so tragic. Um, One of the more crazy moments – um, that I've ever seen live in the NFL. Live is in like TV, not personally, obviously in in stands. But um, that that is if it happens, do not be surprised. Bills, Cowboys, Super Bowl, Jones, Bills will win. Feel good story of the year. Um, uh, you know that's that business, They'll milk it for everything. They <laughs> very got. well
0: see the AFC side of things. Uh, playing the way you did. Uh, even though I disagree, I, I could still see that happening, but Dallas, I don't even think Dallas is getting by Tampa Bay this week.
2: I think, and listen, I hope Australian
1: not. Company. Like, I'm not trusting Dallas in January. I mean, you know how I feel about both teams, you know, how I feel about Brady, and then you obviously know how I feel about Dallas. Right. Um, that that's a for me, and well, and for anybody that does not like Brady, and for the like if if you are not a Dallas Cowboy fan. Uh, hear me out. I'd like to hear from anybody listening to, but Jones I'd also obviously like to hear from you. If you're not a Dallas fan, you don't like Dallas. There's there's no If you're not a Dallas Cowboys fan, there's no I don't know a Dow, a non-Dallas Cowboys fan that is indifferent about the Dallas Cowboys. Right. You have an opinion on them. You know, Everybody does. Opinions. Yeah. Either you're a fan or you fucking hate them. There's there's no there's no ifs ands or buts. Either you're rooting for them or you're against them. And and so, you know, if you also don't like Brady and you also don't like Dallas, there's obviously no ties in the playoffs. You know what do you, what do you even do? You know, if you're a ca- even a casual fan, what do you even do? I don't think this Bucks team. I think this Bucks team can beat this Dallas team, but I don't think this Bucks team is good enough to actually make it to the playoffs. I could see Dallas choking, but uh, I, I think this Dallas defense is pretty stout. And I trust me, I hate to say that. Yeah.
0: Um. I look back at what I saw last week, though, against Washington and everything. I mean, I just I just can't trust Dallas. Um I think Philly's better. I think San Fran's better. I, I think them and Minnesota are pretty close, but um I I just I'm not putting my money down on Dallas being that team to get out of the NFC. I mean, it's bound to happen some point in our lifetimes, Tom, but I don't see this being the year, despite what Dallas fans might say
1: otherwise. I mean, I get that. You know, at the beginning of the year, if you were going to tell me KU was going to be this Oklahoma State team at the beginning of the year, I'd have laughed at you. Um, I'd have laughed at a lot of KU opinions. So, you know, maybe this is the year that, uh, you know, KU finally makes the bowl game. Maybe this is the year that Dallas – Gets to the well. I guess the last time they made the NFC Championship was what 08 when the hashtag Des. They,
0: they made the they haven't made it out of the divisional round in my lifetime.
1: Oh, since I guess ninety five. Yeah, really. Was that was the Des. Caught a game that was divisional round. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. Well, at, at that point, we'll all be damned. Well, you know what? Maybe at this point, Jones, maybe they – like I said, you heard it here first. If I'm wrong, you can crucify me. Um, And most likely I will be – I won't put any money down on saying that it's going to be Bills and Dallas and we'll have a, a another – what? Those, that, those three Super Bowls, it was all Bills and Dallas, wasn't it? It was – Ninety three, ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, it was a uh, it was an interesting run for sure. So well, was that was that it? 95? Buffalo, Dallas, it. Buffalo I, Dallas, Buffalo, exactly Dallas, Buffalo,
0: Dallas. But that's not important. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm, I'm not hedging my bets on Dallas for anything. I like Kansas City to come out of the AFC. I really like the way that they played last week against Las Vegas. Patrick Mahomes has been unbelievable this year, even without Tyreek Hill. I think it's made him a better quarterback that he hasn't had Tyreek to just bail him out like that. Um, I like this Kansas City team. Chris Jones has been phenomenal, that pass rush. I like the Chiefs come out of the AFC. I like Philly out of the NFC. Philly's been the best team all year long, and I got Philly winning the whole thing um, right now, Tom. I mean, they, they are just so well-rounded they got, you know, a really good quarterback, good run game, good receivers, great defense. And and for me, it's the pass rush on top of that, Tom. I don't know if you're aware of this. If you've done the if you've looked at the statistics on this. But did you know, Tom, the the Eagles have, I believe it's about 15 more sacks than any other team in the NFL?
1: That's incredible. I did not know that.
0: That is a historically good offensive, uh, defensive line, and you know defense and pass rush. What they bring to the table. I mean, the offense doesn't even have to play great for them to contend and be in games because of how well that pass rush is. And when your pass rush is that good, that bails out your your secondary and your defenders. I mean, that's well, the a-
1: secondary doesn't don't they have what Darius Slay or Right. Yep. Yeah, I mean, their their back end is not, uh, you know, their back end ain't cottage cheese, baby. I mean, their right. their back and end get, is doing. You some get work. bailed
0: out by having that great of a pass rush, uh, that way too. So, that's what I'm looking at Tom. Uh, to me, of all things, you know, they they do a they do everything well, but it's the historically good pass rush of why I got Philadelphia winning it all when it's all said and done.
1: So you're you're taking Chiefs Philly, with Philly winning. Okay, okay. I don't think that's too bad of a matchup. I'm I'm gonna still stick with my. Uh, got the Andy Reid Bowl. I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm still sticking with my nine eleven inside job NFL Super Bowl <laughs> between the between the Bills and Dallas. I'm gonna still stick with that because I've I've almost at this point tattooed that conspiracy theory on my arm. Um, But I, 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 I could also see yours happening as well. There's a lot of
0: directions um, this could go. What, what is, I'll say that when, when I look at these teams, Tom, like the, the haves and the have nots, we always talk about that. And, you know, they expanded this playoff and I like, you know, more teams mean more games. It's more football for us to watch. That's a good thing. But at the end of the day, who can realistically win the Super Bowl? I think um at most there there is six teams that can win the Super Bowl. I think at their very best, Philly, San Fran, and Dallas on the NFC side could. I don't think the Vikings can at their best. No. In the AFC, I think Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati at their very best could win the Super Bowl. I think it's those six teams and then of the next bunch, so, you know, the other eight of the 14 don't have a shot. This is a six-team race.
1: You know, I'll, I'll still, I will still stick by Dallas because of their defense. That offense can pop at any time. Tony Pollard's been great. Listen, I I I need to like do like a detox. I'm talking this so much great shit about Dallas right now, almost feel sick to my stomach. Um, you know, you might not get this out of me ever again, but I will take if I had to pick six. AFC side, it's going to be Bills, Bengals, Chiefs. Obviously, no specific order. And in the NFC, I'm going to take Philly. I'm going to take Dallas. Um. And then, you know, I'll take Philly and Dallas. And then, I'm not going to say, "Oh, this is." You know, I'm trying to think in in, in Philly, Dallas, San not Fran. Uh, not not even to be honest with you, not even San Fran. Um, if it's if it's Brock Purdy going forward, I think the I think the line stops. Um, eventually, you know, I I don't think. They, they, they seem uh, th- this this Brock Purdy led San Fran team reminds me of the, the TCU team. Kind of like the Magic's got in sometime. I, you know, I they're not Brock Purdy's not getting these some bitches to the Super Bowl. I promise. <laughs> there, there's just there's no way. Giants don't really do it for me to be honest. Um. I think it's either Philly or Dallas. I mean, I, I don't see the you Seahawks.
0: You think it's only a five team race?
1: You know, I guess so. I mean, sure, maybe Tom Brady could lead them too, but I've already picked Cowboys. So um you mentioned the Vikings. They are maybe, maybe you know what? <laughs> I don't I know who's who, okay. Law. That defense is ass. You know, maybe the Vikings are kind of somewhat like TCU. Super fast, good offense. Um had a a, a pretty good overall season, but you know, eh, it's probably not gonna end up working out. Um I you know, I'll I'll give it it's gonna be NFC East versus uh versus the Bills. It's either gonna be Cowboys or Eagles versus the Bills. Give me that tattoo of that on me.
2: Okay.
0: Of uh, of the teams in this playoff, Tom. Who is the who is the worst team in the postseason? I think it's Miami the Dolphins. Without, yeah, I I think yeah. it's Miami without Tua. Skylar Thompson ain't that guy. They've played terrible this last month. Um barely squeaking by i mean they got lucky they played the jets last week um the dolphins are not a good football team right now they were at one point but they have fallen apart and hit a wall bad um i think the bills are going to run them out of
1: the building yeah they probably should and they're 13 point favorites the bills are but uh you know after the dolphins if you give the dolphins a healthy 2 back i still think they lose to the bills but if you had to, if you had to say the worst team, I would probably say either the Jags or the Seahawks. The difference is the Jags are kind of a, uh, uh, not to be cliche, but they are a true wild card, just kind of very random. They've had a good, a good season by the Jacksonville standard, um, and they've become, they've been very like volatile, I guess you could say. Yeah. The Seahawks are just, you know, the Seahawks aren't even fucking volatile. They're just gritty. You know the Seahawks. The Seahawks. The way they've been grinding remind me of the grit and grind Grizzlies. Uh, if you want to, if you want to combine two sports, they they remind me of. You know the. I don't know if they. Who's their Marcus Gasol? Who's their Zach Randolph? Who's their uh, uh, Mark Conley? You know uh, I I don't know who that is on their team, but very gritty. Seattle has been very gritty this year. Um, Gino would be the Mike Conley for sure. Who do you think, Spike Conley?
0: Gino, Gino,
1: definitely. Who's the Marcus Salt?
0: Um, I would say the the Marcus would probably be like Quandre Diggs.
1: Yeah, kind of more of a veteran presence, and then you have and
0: then your
2: Zach Randolph, Randolph probably DK.
1: DK, okay. I was thinking maybe a Kenneth Walker. Yeah, two. Um, I can see that, and then I mean, because everybody, everybody else on defense, I mean, besides Quandre Diggs, I mean, who do you or I guess Tariq Woolen? He's been fantastic. He's he's kind of new. Did they say any more on his injury? I know he got injured in that game, but maybe he came came back, back in the game. He looks like he's fine. Oh, so he was fine. Yeah, I mean, shit. I hope they. I hope they get to to Brock Purdy. I hope they uh no more Brock. Brocktober no more I I don't know what you would call January for uh Brockuary Brock Brock, Brock Brockuary oh my god That makes me want to get the flu
0: (laughs) Oh my buddy Chase He's calling him uh big cock Brock
1: Sorry Jones you cut out there
0: I said my buddy Chase He's calling him big cock
1: Brock (laughs) Big cock, Brock. Hopefully that was only last week. Listen, obviously I was rooting for the Rams to uh, get the job done. You know, and I disliked Seattle second most after Dallas historically. But in the last couple of years, with the addition of Debo um, to the 49ers and just the drama between the Rams and 49ers, I will be rocking the 12, baby, this weekend.
0: You'll be rocking um, out with your rock out.
1: I, I don't know that I will be in the... Uh, I will only be in your chat, sports chat, to see you maybe attempt to get as intoxicated as you were last weekend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh,
0: we're in for a treat, I can tell you that, coming up this weekend. So... That is our official picks for the uh postseason. I'll ask you one more question, Tom, and then we'll uh we'll move on and get to our Big 12 breakdown this week. Um of these of these week one playoff games, these wildcard round playoff games, what is the most intriguing to you? Mine is is Dallas and Tampa on Monday night. Um, you know, everything about it. It's Monday night football. It's Joe and Troy. It's Tom Brady. It's the Cowboys. They're they're saying that they got that game on Monday night, put the Cowboys on because they wanted to have Joe and Troy call the Cowboys in the playoffs that they made. They put that game intentionally on that spot for Joe and Troy. That tells ESPN every dollar they spent on Joe and Troy was worth it because they got better games out of having them in the booth. Um, that, to me, is the most intriguing game. What's the most intriguing game to you this weekend, Tom?
1: I mean, if you look at it, yeah, that's probably the best game, right? I mean, ravens Bengals is probably going to be pretty good. If I would they have said, said so if Lamar was going to play, but if Lamar's not playing, I, I think Bengals could win pretty ugly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I think they will, especially, you know, I'm, I'm still sticking to my conspiracy theory. But if if I had to choose another game, you know, now that we've established that Lamar is not going to be available, you say Cowboys Bucks. I agree, but if I had to pick another one, I'm going. I'm going. Um, I'm going I'm going unorthodox here. I'm going Chargers Jags. I want to see what Trevor Lawrence is about. Yeah, and and I think this is a big game for Justin Herbert, and I think it's a huge game for Brandon Staley. If Brandon Staley goes out there and lays an egg against the freaking Jacksonville Jags, even though they're playing in Jacksonville, um, at that point, I think Brandon Staley is on the hot seat and maybe let go depending on who they think they can bring in. If they bring in Sean Payton, it'd be tempting. Even if even if they win and then lose in the divisional. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Staley's not a bad coach. Hell, I think if Brandon Staley was let go, Denver would slop him up like a, uh, like a drunk breakfast. You know. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he would be. Yeah, he would definitely be hangover food easily for Russell Wilson and crew. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, hell, I'm I'm kind of. I you know I don't think the Jags make a whole lot of noise to be honest with you. If I had to pick, it's gonna be I'd pick the Chargers, but the Jags, I could see them uh, kind of being annoying. You know, maybe Jags do make the divisional. Yeah, yeah, I very well could see that too.
0: Uh, we'll get to our Big Twelve breakdown here in a second. Look back at the uh, national championship Georges win over TCU, and we'll talk some Big Twelve hoops, something we have not done a whole lot of uh, <laughs> since the season began, but. We'll do what we can to kind of catch up to speed as basketball is just now beginning for a lot of the country. Uh, also have Amber Theo Harris coming up later on. Coach Bo standing by as well. All that and more as we continue here on the Jones Pool. It is the Big 12 Breakdown. Tom Jones, Thomas Bridges here with you with a comprehensive look around the Big 12 Conference. Tom, normally we begin our Big 12 Breakdown with our hot takes, but I, I don't know what kind of hot take you, you you go with after the beatdown of TCU and Georgia without being tapped and obvious. I mean, some people will say they didn't deserve to be there, which I think is idiotic. They beat Michigan. They did what they were supposed to do. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I look back at, in TCU's perspective, it was a game they were clearly overmatched. I'd say they weren't prepared. I think that's fair to say that – You know, they weren't prepared for that game, but at the end of the day, that's a game that um, you know, TCU just to be there. I I hate to sound like the happy to be there guy, but Tom, that was a TCU team that overachieved all season long. Max Duggan played out of his mind. And Sure, it was ugly, but at the end of the day, I think you still had a rewarding season and even getting blown out by 57 the way they did. I still don't think TCU has anything to hang their hats on based on uh, how their season's gone. Uh, It was ugly uh, the way it ended, but a hell of a year in
1: Fort Worth. I mean, yeah, like I I don't think anybody expected them to get just dunked on like that, but, you know, uh, they were clearly outmatched. Georgia came out real quick, real fast, handled their business. And, uh, you know, TCU could never even think about regaining any sort of control. So hats off to Georgia. I mean, they were obviously the better team, maybe not however many points better, you know, but, um, you know, just completely outmatched, um, I, I, for Sonny Dykes, if you can be a first-year coach and make to the title game, I wouldn't say sky's the limit for this TCU team. Depending on recruiting, um, I mean they're still in Texas with University. They are, of Texas.
0: They're killing it in the portal right now. They're bringing in about four different guys
1: from Alabama, including two starters. I mean, I, I still think they'll be pretty good, and and they have a lot to say. You know, especially like last year after Baylor, Oklahoma State. We only heard from the new Big 12 or the Hateful Eight Plus Four that it would be Baylor and OSU going forward. And, you know, obviously this season, TCU had something to say about it. And and with Sonny Dykes, the addition of Sonny Dykes, and uh, kind of put new life to this program. Yeah, I think so.
0: Sonny's done a hell of a job uh, this past season. I, I guess, Tom, my hot take would be this. Um, you know, before the playoff, Max Duggan declared for the draft. I know that he's a senior and everything, but the Max Duggan I've seen is not ready for the NFL. Um, I think it's a mistake that he's leaving early. I think that, you know, coming off a Heisman runner-up season, taking TCU to the national championship and everything, and with all the talent they bring back next year, I guess my hot take is that he's making a mistake. Max Duggan had a great run and an incredible year this year, but I think he'd be smart to come back. TCU played another year, you know, refine all his skill set, you know, get himself as much ready as possible. I understand his stock might not even go, might might have reached its ceiling of some sorts, but as much as I like Max Duggan, the college quarterback, that's not an NFL quarterback. Stetson Bennett was the better quarterback the other night by a mile. And Stetson Bennett wasn't on anybody's draft boards at this time last year. I, I guess that'd be my hot take. I don't think Max Duggan is making a smart call
1: declaring early for the draft here. Yeah, probably not. And, uh, you know, after the year he had, he's a Heisman candidate. He probably feels like his stock is the highest. You know, what if he gets injured next year? You know, at this point, what do you think he goes? Probably fifth, sixth round?
0: Probably, yeah.
1: I mean, he could surprise, you know. You know, I look at what Brock Purdy's doing. I know hindsight's twenty twenty and you can't compare everybody, but um and, and the fact that, you know, Brock Purdy's in kind of a run first offense. You know, he's not necessarily had has been asked to do that much yet and has crazy talent behind him. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes if he obviously continues to stick it out and, and and still have that declaration for the NFL draft. But, um, you know we talked about this TCU team going forward next year, even without Max Duggan, there'll be no Quentin um, Johnson and um, hell, that running uh, who's the running back for TCU? Oh yeah, yeah they.
0: Did they were incredible just all around. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that offense will lose a lot, but you know, no. I think everybody predicted them at the beginning of the season to finish like six or seventh. So, um, you know, watch out. TCU is still on the map and, and you mentioned it earlier that they've got all these transfers coming in. TCU could be back next year. I don't think they will have the same success that they did this year, but um, I'm not counting them out for Big Twelve Championship.
0: All right. They very well could be right back in there next year. Wouldn't surprise anybody at all at this point. Um with uh with what Georgia did, uh the way they just dominated and the way they did. Stetson Bennett was phenomenal. Jalen Carter uh was terrific on that defensive line. Uh he's gonna be a top three draft pick, I think. Just absolutely outstanding there. And there was a moment at halftime where David Pollock, he's he's on set, the uh, Georgia great and analyst on college game day. And he says that, you know, right there in front of Nick Saban, and Nick Saban's eyes kind of popped up big, that, you know, this was kind of the changing of the guard in college football, that this sport runs through Georgia now. And, Tom, I mean, we've been saying for years that we cannot wait till Nick Saban retires, that a lot of the issues of this sport – are going to be fixed just by Saban stepping away from the game and kind of the monopoly he has, you know, the dominance he has on this sport. But what I feel like what is actually happening now is that you are just passing the baton. Essentially my fear, as far as the sake of the sport goes and the domination, I, I, I think things are probably just going to go from Saban to Kirby smart or, Maybe even Alabama bounces back next year and it's a back and forth between the two. I feel like um, if you were looking for save and leaving to solve any parity issues, that's not happening. I think this Georgia team is here to stay and they're going to be the next great dynasty of this sport.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And I think maybe even a couple of years ago, we thought it might be Clemson and they've obviously taken a step back. Something feels different about this Georgia team defensively even. Uh, I mean, they're a force. And I never thought Clemson was that good of a defensive team like this Georgia team is. But, um, you know, I do think Kirby Smart could be – I'm not going to say the next Nick Saban, but, like, he's obviously on the right track two in a row. I mean, it's his to lose at this point.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, uh, it's pretty remarkable what he's uh, done at this point with the, the job that uh, the Georgia program has. And, and uh, you know, Oklahoma and Texas are already got their hands full in the Big 12 with the likes of TCU and uh, Baylor and Kansas State and Oklahoma State and everything. And we'll see how they do when the new Big 12 members come in. But um, when Oklahoma and Texas entered the SEC, Tom, I don't know when that first Big 12 title is going to be coming for either one of those schools. Oklahoma was so used to win the Big 12 every single year there for a while. What was it, like six or seven in a row? And with Alabama and Georgia there, and don't forget, you still got LSU and Tennessee is looking really good. And, I mean, you've even had Auburn and Florida over the years have some success. I mean, uh, it it, it is – Oklahoma and Texas I think Tom kind of the expectation almost has to change you know for Oklahoma when they were in the Big 12 it's to win the the league every year that's the expectation I think Oklahoma there you almost have to go in with a mindset of that's not realistic that's not what was what's going to happen of what you did in the Big 12 if in this new expanded playoff, I think that's kind of where your mindset is. If you're Oklahoma, Texas, too, you're just hoping to make the playoff every year. I think you're, the idea of winning the SEC every year or even every other year with just how good George is, some of these other teams, just unrealistic.
1: Yeah, it is. And with the expanded playoff, you just say, well, you know, you do all you can to just make it in and then, you know, you, you double down and, and prove your worth there.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's a great point. Um, Let's go ahead and talk uh, some Big 12 hoops now or a Big 12 breakdown transitions to the uh, basketball side of things. And this league, Tom, is just outstanding uh, this year. If you look at the uh, net rankings, every Big 12 team is in the top 40. Uh, Joe Lenardi's bracketology at one point in time had every Big 12 team. In the NCAA tournament. Obviously, that's impossible to actually happen. There's just not enough wins to go around. But if you look at just the way things stack up, KU's at 15 and one, K State's at 15 and one, Iowa State's at 13 and 12, Texas is at 14 and two, TCU's at 13 and three, Baylor's a little bit down, but I think they'll start to play better later on in the year. They're at 11 and five. OU's at 10 and six. Oklahoma State's nine and seven. Tech and West Virginia are each 10 and six, although they're 0 and four in league play. Tom, uh, we say it every year the Big 12 is the best basketball conference in America. And what a gauntlet this league is. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that this very well, Tom, may be the best the Big 12 has ever been. At the hoops level of what they bring to the table, in here in this 2022 through 2023
1: campaign, I mean, very rightfully so. There's not really like a team that's, I would say, that's crazy down bad. You know, you just mentioned all the records. I mean, what's Iowa State right now? Iowa State is 13 and two. I mean, they've look at look at that bounce back. Well, right. like two or ago they were horrible yeah and two years ago they won two games right and now look at them you know like there's not a bad team when when's the big 12 sec challenge uh that's coming up in
0: like uh about two or three weeks
1: i'd be very interested to see how that shakes out um right. You know that's you. Know, I obviously like Big Twelve play. Me and you yeah, do that's, both. Uh,
0: that's not this Saturday, but the next Saturday.
1: Yeah. You know we like that, but I'm I'm more interested to see how it stacks up again. You know, um, even without that, even if the SEC Big Twelve showdown wasn't a thing, uh, just just by even non-con and and the court the, you know the product we see on the court, it's. Still, without a doubt, the best basketball conference by far. It
0: is. It is. And, you know, you look across the board, Kansas, their one loss was to a very good Kentucky, uh, Tennessee team. Um, not a bad loss at all. Um, you know, Texas, they beat Gonzaga. And, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting, Tom. I, I, I'll say this. As much as I hate to give Texas credit, here they are and they fired Chris Beard and they haven't really missed a beat. They're still 10th in the country. They're 14 and two. I mean, for the Longhorns to be in this position, all things considered to deal with this adversity. um, I don't know how sustainable it is, but it is impressive that this Texas team has still held up the way it has.
1: Oh yeah. And you know, Is it going to be that way forever, you know, with the firing of Chris Beard? You know, they haven't really let it affect him like, you know, maybe some other, uh, you know, I wouldn't say maybe some other teams, but just in general, you lose a coach like Chris Beard. Maybe that whole drama of the situation kind of is a distraction towards your team. So far, so good for Texas, So They really haven't faltered by any means. Because of it, um, you know, Texas fires Chris Beard rightfully so, um, you know, if they don't fire him in that situation, then, well, you know, maybe even more of a distraction. So um, who do they find next? I don't know. Well,
0: and, and, and that's an interesting thing, uh, you know, as far as who the next head coach would be at, uh, at the University of Texas. I think it's a very good job. Um, you know, Rodney Terry is their interim and Rodney Terry very much has a chance to keep that job, especially if he continues with what they he's been able to do so far as the interim head coach, he might get to keep that job, but there, there's two names in particular that are kind of gaining some steam. We mentioned the sec earlier and there's two sec guys. One is John Calipari, uh, at Kentucky. Hall of Fame coach, things aren't going so great in Kentucky. He's kind of on the hot seat there. You let him go to Texas, he'd get a fresh start. Uh, for me, it would kind of be like what Shaka was if they go after Calipari. Yeah, he can recruit, but I think Calipari's better days are behind him. I don't think Calipari would get you know Texas to be competing for conference titles or past the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, I think he'd be more of the same problem. Um, They would be recruiting well and underachieving. The other name that's been brought up is Bruce Pearl. And Bruce Pearl's done a hell of a job at Auburn. I think that could be a home run higher potentially for Texas. Those are the two guys I'd like, but um, Rodney Terry, at the end of the day, I think he's, he's got the best, you know, chance to earn this job. He could still do that. And, the other name that's kind of gained steam, which, which is interesting, Tom, is uh, Royal Ivy, the uh, you know, former NBA player, played for the Thunder. Uh, he's an assistant coach in the NBA and also played for Texas. He's a guy, you know, NBA experience and everything. He could be attractive. Um, this Texas job is uh, is going to be fascinating to see where they, they got a brand new arena. They got a great home environment there. Um And you're moved to the SEC and everything and all the money that's going on there. uh, Watch out. We'll we'll see how this, uh, this job ultimately plays out. But um, the, the smart hire right now, if Rodney Terry continues on this track, Tom, that's the guy you hire. If he continues to do what he's doing now, but if he doesn't something, my suspicions tell me they're going to try to push for Cal.
1: I mean, yeah, you definitely want John Calipari for sure, but, uh, you know I, I, I what you mentioned is Ronnie Terry if he can continue to do this I think he deserves a shot at it you know as the interim I think you you know Texas has not kind of been derailed by anything just yet granted it's still early on what maybe a week after beard's been fired but right but he's been
0: the interim for
1: about a month now right so you know at that point I'm like okay well Play it out. Let let it play out and see what happens. Um, you know, if Texas isn't, you know, I don't I don't think Texas has really been hampered any more so than they would if Chris Beard would have never beat his old lady. So, um, hell, let it play out and see what happens. I think, uh, you know, Rodney Terry right now. I think you as as you almost play clipboard quarterback is a you know the next in line if you're if the coach gets fired as an interim head coach. Right and you know if he can play Kurt Warner, uh, well by God let him, you know, right? Uh, see what happens. You know, I I don't see anything wrong. Like 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 we mentioned, Texas is not shit the bed yet. Let it play out. Yeah, Rodney Terry since taken over seven and one,
0: three and one in league play, and he's got a top ten team in America. UT. So, um, I'll say this real quick about Calipari, Tom. Um, I think if he's trying to escape a sinking ship, if he's afraid he's going to get fired at Kentucky or whatever it may be, that's a really good landing spot to fall back on his UT uh, for Calipari. And Calipari, we know he's got an ego, you know, the way he carries himself. He feels like a Texas guy, doesn't he?
1: I mean, he really does. And and the hires that Texas makes, obviously, you know, they went – Charlie Strong way back, and then Tom Herman, and then Steve Sarkisian. Yeah, I mean, and then yeah, exactly on the basketball side. Shocking, smart, big hires, big names, flashy.
2: Chris Beard. Uh,
1: Yeah, that has has Texas written all over it, doesn't it?
0: It does. It does. It'd be interesting. We'll see how it uh, shakes out. Still more to come. Uh, Amber Theo Harris is going to join us. Talk uh, NFL playoffs coming up next. Playoffs for talking playoffs. Coach Bowe will be here as well. And uh, Tom Fullery at the end of the show. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. Join us now on the Jones this week. It is Amber Theo Harris of Sirius XM NFL Radio, also of Westwood One. And uh, she'll be on the call of the Seahawks and the 49ers NFC wildcard matchup this week. Amber, it is uh, good to have you back. And uh, good to see you again. Uh, the last time I saw you, we... Uh, had a great time uh, in uh, Phoenix with, uh, with with Nabi out
2: there.
3: That's right. You did such an amazing job with the call. Uh, the first time and ever uh, an all Native American broadcast team was on ESPN calling uh, something nationally. It was such a cool thing to be a part of. And uh, I just thank you guys for having me there. That was That was amazing to see you and and Maisie and, and how it's the future. You guys are the future. So I was proud to be part of that.
0: Well, we were uh, glad to have you with us and uh, appreciate all your help uh, that week. Uh, It was a lot of fun and looking forward to it again uh, later this year, but uh, Amber, you got a, uh, a big broadcast coming this weekend. Uh, Westwood one's coverage of the uh, Seahawks, the 49ers and a part of this playoff run. You've been doing some stuff with the Raiders. I mean, you've been staying pretty busy in your front. What's going on in your world?
3: Yeah, I've been pretty busy uh, just throughout the regular season doing a lot of work with the Raiders going back and forth from Los Angeles to Las Vegas, uh, not the outcome we wanted for the Raiders had much higher expectations, but definitely going to be doing a lot of content and a lot of media. About the Raiders in the offseason, one of the most watched teams to see what they do at quarterback. If they re-sign Josh Jacobs, the league leading rusher, is Devontae Adams happy? Does he want to bring Aaron Rodgers over? Who's who's unhappy? I mean, all of these are going to be huge storylines that I'm excited to cover. Um, but yes, this weekend, going to do the national broadcast on Westwood 1 of the 49 ers Seahawks game. Looking forward to that. Um, not sure what, you know, however the playoffs shake out, you never know what assignment you're going to get. But uh, I'm heading down to uh, heading back over to Las Vegas for the Pro Bowl on February 2nd for that weekend. And then after that, heading uh, to the Super Bowl. So right in in Phoenix, where you and I first met. So it's going to be a busy month. Uh, The Super Bowl is one month from uh, today. And so I'm looking forward to uh, finishing out strong here.
0: Let's start out with the uh, game you're covering, the uh, Seahawks and the 49ers, the opening game of the playoffs. The Niners got the best of Seattle in the first two meetings, but do you think the, uh, the Seahawks can hang around there? Can they make this an interesting game, do you think?
3: I think anything can happen in the playoffs. This is my 25th year in the industry. I've seen everything. And I never say it is going to be a blowout. All indicators are, if you look at the Vegas line, you know, what is it, a 10-point favorite at this point? Uh, It moved a little bit the other day, and then it went back to 9.5. But kind of shows you what the the boys in the desert think about the the Seahawks' chances. That's a pretty big spread for for a playoff game. Um, But I have faith in Pete Carroll. Faith in Pete Carroll this uh, offseason, it was all about losing Russell Wilson and how it's going to be rebuilding year and how terrible the Seahawks were going to be. And here we go, Geno Smith, they didn't go out and get another quarterback and uh, Geno Smith makes the Pro Bowl. Uh, They dropped a young running back in Kenneth Walker, who has been one of the um, best rookies in the NFL this year. Um, I just never underestimate Pete Carroll. I've watched him too closely. I know how he operates and I know he's going to have them ready. Um, everything has to go right though they have to play a perfect game and that that's difficult when you're going up especially against the 49ers defense I got a chance to look at them up close and personal when they played the Raiders two weeks ago was it two weeks ago I lose track of time but anyway late in the season and Joey Bosa uh, I'm sorry Nick Bosa there's just not an answer for him in my mind he's defensive player of the year he is going to be rushing Geno Smith. I don't know if Geno Smith's gonna have an opportunity to get done what he needs to get done. Um, you know, DK Metcalf, uh, you could say has been in somewhat of a, you know, a year-long slump. It's just not what we expected from Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So look, do they have a chance? Yes, everybody always has a chance. Um, it's gonna be a tall order though, but never count anybody out.
0: So let me ask you then about uh, looking at this Seattle team. Uh, what a story they've been with Gino and everything and and just the surprises this year. Th- this is one of the best stories I can recall in, a, in quite some time what they've been able to put together this year, Amber.
3: Uh, yes, but as I said before, I've seen it all, and it, it's never the best team that goes far in the playoffs or that makes the playoffs. It's it's not that number one seed. It's not the team that's been hot all year. It is the team that um, finds the right pace at the right time. and gets hot at the right time. Now, the Seahawks haven't exactly been that. They were, they were much better in their first 12 games than they have been yeah. in the last couple of games. So the story of their season has been a storybook season. Whether or not that will continue into the playoffs, I'm not sure because I don't – Sometimes when you have these teams that are perceived to be a little bit less talented, um, that catch the lightning in a bottle, they have the momentum going into the playoffs. And that's not exactly the Seahawks right at this point. But as far as their the story of them making the playoffs, is pretty amazing. I mean, I saw the video of them watching uh, what was going on with the Packers game and in Monday night football for it to come down to it. So. For Seahawks fans, I couldn't be more thrilled. I know 12s are, are some of the best in the business, and it's really exciting for them. Oh, it is.
0: The opposite side, uh, Brock Purdy, uh, you know, stepping in after Jimmy G went down, he's been really good. And that Niners team around them, arguably the hottest team in the NFL. I wonder, though, do things eventually catch up to Brock Purdy, or do you think he can get the job done and, and take this uh, the San Francisco team all the way?
3: Do they eventually catch up to Brock Purdy? Maybe. It's going to be the Seahawks defense? I don't think so. Is it going to be another defense in the in the NFC? I do think so. You know, I think when he goes up against, um, I don't think I don't think Dallas is going to make it out of out of the wild card round, to be honest I with you. I can see Tom Brady. I can see Tom Brady going in there and, and knocking him out. But I think if he goes up against, let's say, like the Eagles defense. Um, that's going to be a, that's going to be where he's really tested. I don't think it'll be the Seahawks this week to test him, but I think that this offense is so versatile that – and I have so much faith in what Kyle Shanahan does just watching him as an offensive mind for so long. It doesn't really matter if Brock Purdy slows down a little bit. I mean, you've got a healthy Debo Samuel back. You've got CMC. If all he has to do is throw some screen passes to CMC and, and he doesn't have to go downfield and hit the Brandon Iyukes, like – that's fine. Uh, those guys are going to create enough yards on their own. So it's almost like they have some cushion for the Brock Purdy rookie factor where he could hit that wall or could go up against a really strong defense and struggle a little bit. I still think the defense and the run game and the versatility of the running backs at slash wide receiver, at wide back Evo Samuel, is what's going to make that team go far into the playoffs. I have the, I have the Bengals and in the, in the 49ers in the Super Bowl.
2: Okay,
0: so uh, you believe uh, the Niners are going to go all the way. With that said, you look at the rest of that NFC then, um, Philadelphia, Dallas, Minnesota, these other teams, who do you think is the uh, the greatest threat to uh, San Francisco to stopping them?
3: I think it's the Eagles with a, with a healthy Jalen Hurts. Uh, the Eagles defense, especially the secondary, is um, – has just been super impressive this year and I think any any quarterback that tries to pass on that secondary very difficult to do that's where we'll see Brock Purdy get tested um the Eagles have the feeling of the best team in the NFL next to I think uh right now the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs I like but the Bengals have that feeling in the AFC that they did last year, that like like I said, they're they're getting the momentum at the right time. The only reason I would put the bills in the Super Bowl over the the Bengals is because they've got this Demar Hamlin motivation. and and sometimes that's you just can't script this stuff. You know, it just happens and it propels a team. And the team rides that one thing that they need to hold on to. They ride that as motivation into the playoffs. So, but yes, yeah, to answer your question, I think that the Eagles would give the 49ers the hardest time. That would be their hurdle, but I could see that being the NFC championship game.
0: Well, and, and with the Eagles, I know that they've been the best team for most of the year, but kind of what you talked about with Seattle, this is a team that did not finish the season well, um, You know, do you, do you think that, that carries over? Is, is is that something you can overcome of not ending your season playing your best football like Philadelphia here?
3: I think you can overcome it if you're a, a team like Philadelphia. I don't think you overcome it if you're a team like the Seahawks. Um, especially not against a 49ers defense. Right. I don't see all of a sudden... This, this offense hits its stride again, you know, Kenneth Walker's running, running all over the place. And, uh, you know, we're getting big chunk plays downfield by DK Metcalf. It's going to be muddy. It's going to be messy. It's going to be dirty. And the Seahawks, yes, are, are used to, you know, they, they're, they're from Seattle. They're used to rain. They can play in whatever. Okay. I get it. But, um, they, they don't play like in that all the time. And I think the 49ers are more built to get dirty, if that makes sense. Like I always pick the Tennessee Titans and it, it all throughout. If, if, if it's a Mike Vrabel team, they're kind of like, that's the kind of team. Like if it's, if it's a gross, dirty, disgusting drag them down in the dirt game, I'll always pick a Mike Vrabel team. So I'll always pick the Titans. I feel like that's how the 49ers are. Um, they're just, I, I feel like they can get down and dirty with you. They're not afraid to.
0: Yeah. I think you're, you're right about that. Uh, you mentioned you, you like the bucks to get things done uh, against Uh, the Cowboys uh, in in that matchup there. I'm looking at this Dallas team, and, you know, sure, they've had a really good year. They've won 12 games and everything, but something about them in January, the loss last week against Washington, to me, Amber, I know about you, all of that just screams red flags about Dallas here.
3: And it's really sad because I was excited about this Dallas team, especially the Dallas defense, but Dak Prescott on offense right now, does not look like a franchise quarterback that is going to lead his team to the Super Bowl. All the expectations, you have to remember, everything is bigger in Texas, right? Expectations are bigger in Dallas. You are America's team. You are the richest team in the NFL. Um, You have the most boisterous owner. You are expected to go deep into the playoffs, and they don't do that, and they haven't done that with Dak Prescott. And I don't see any signs in December, in early January's games, that show me that the Dallas Cowboys or Dak Prescott are going to be able to go deep. And my prediction is this time next week, uh, we could see Mike McCarthy lose his job. I, I really do think that they're going to lose to Tom Brady. Um, there's the Brady factor in the playoffs, no matter how bad you think that um, that Bucks team is, you know, stumbling into the playoffs because somebody had to win the NFC South. I think Mike McCarthy might be out of a job this time uh, next week.
0: I, I think so too. I mean, I know that, you know, we've heard from Jerry say that, uh, you know, that no matter what, that, that they have their full support and all that. I, I get, you know, what he said, but at the end of the day, if Sean Payton's available, we, we know they want, they want Sean Payton. This is their, the opportunity is right there to go get him.
3: Yeah. It just comes down to, do they want to give a, a first round pickup um, for him? And I think that's very Jerry Jones-esque to give up a first-round pick for a coach that he thinks is amazing. Um, the question, too, is, is does Sean Payton want the job? Sean Payton's going to have his pick of the litter. He'll have whatever job he wants. So he's going to examine all of the opening coaching positions um, and, and, and pick whatever he wants. But, yeah, I think Sean Payton has always been the backup plan there. Uh, hey, if Mike McCarthy doesn't work, we're just going to go get Sean Payton. I think that was always on Jerry Jones's mind the whole and- season.
0: 100 percent uh let me ask you about the afc side of things uh with uh, with that bunch there you mentioned you, you like cincinnati and uh, this team takes on a baltimore team that's probably not going to have lamar jackson this week that offense is is so good uh there with joe burrow and company uh they're, they're gonna be tough for anybody to take down they can, they can outscore anybody it seems and you look at three straight wins against the chiefs including arrowhead last year that, that team just plays fearless it seems
3: yeah, I told you, I, I'm high on the Cincinnati Bengals. Nobody wants to play them right now. And that's the team you want to be going into the playoffs. And Joe um, Joe Burrow just led his team in his first full year to the Super Bowl, and he just continues to be that guy. He's that dude. He's got the ice in his veins. He's cool. Uh, I love his responses to the media. Like, compare him, who went a year in the draft before Zach Wilson. They're one year apart, right? Compare him, like, how they handle leadership and talking to the media It's just some people get it and some people don't. Some people are destined for greatness to lead their team to the promised land and some people aren't. And we saw that in two top picks uh, back to back years. So Joe Burrow, I just have a lot of faith in. And look, I'm from Baltimore, came up with the Baltimore Ravens organization, very close to the people in that organization. They're just not good without Lamar Jackson. Lamar, Lamar Jackson is the Baltimore Ravens. He is the entire offense. Um, look at last year, they didn't even make the playoffs. They were leading the AFC or the AFC North the entire year. Second that Lamar, um, gets hurt. They lost what six or seven at the end of the season, missed the playoffs. Um, and then come back this year again, super competitive top of the AFC North. And then second he goes out, they're nothing. So Baltimore Ravens live and die with Lamar Jackson. Some say that might make a case that he, sh- you know, to give him that 250 million or whatever he was asking for. But some also say this is also a case to not, because what if you were paying him that 250 million? And the last two years, he hasn't been available the last four or five games, three, four or five games. Uh, last year, it was like six or seven. So injury prone, he lets the team down on one end at the end of the season. The other end, he's definitely the most valuable player on the team. They can't win without him. And that's a tough decision that Steve Busciotti is going to have to make uh, here in the offseason. They can franchise tag him, but that never leads to positive relations between you and that player as a team.
0: Right. And it's been a long time. These negotiations were going on last season and Roquan Smith got his deal this week. And so to think that uh, Lamar is just sitting there waiting uh, for his opportunity, we'll ultimately see what happens there. So just where Kansas City's at right now, all things considered, uh, you know, with how they responded with moving on from Tyreek Hill and adding Kadarius Tony and Juju and all these other pieces. What do you make of what Patrick Mahomes and company have done uh, this year, Amber?
3: I think Patrick Mahomes did exactly what he said he was going to do. Uh, he said, we're going to win with a lot of different guys. We're going to spread the ball around. You're going to hate us on your fantasy team. So if you want to draft a Chiefs uh, receiver, sorry we're we're not going to be helpful to you. And he's he's been exactly right. But, man, they've won games. I mean, look at Kadarius Toney. What a pickup. Every team, by the way, Tyler, that is, is in the playoffs, I think 10 of the, what, 14 teams that make it made some sort of, of mid-season acquisition that has had an impact on their team. You can look at the team like the 49ers, like bringing over CMC I think is one of the biggest ones. But for the Kansas City Chiefs, Kadarius Toney has been – um, so valuable down the stretch. They've been using him in the end zone, uh, in the red zone. And um, I just think the Kansas City Chiefs, as long as you have, it doesn't matter who's out there. It really doesn't. Jerick McKinnon, who's your running I mean, who cares, right? As long right. as Patrick Mahomes is there, he is impossible to defend. They're going to score a lot of points on you. Um, and you can never count the Kansas City Chiefs out because of that, because you have to get in a shooting match with them in in order to win, you have to be able to score a lot of points. Oh yeah. so I know I won't count them out at all. I think the AFC is, is is much more intriguing than the NFC to me.
0: I think so. I I think you're right about that. And and, in the bills uh, you mentioned uh, kind of this, this team of destiny type thing going with, uh, you know, just how they responded after the DeMar Hamlin uh, situation and now, you know, potentially, you know, we could see this neutral site AFC championship game, the way that unfolds and everything there. Um, I look at that. I wonder, you know, we've seen Mahomes win his Super Bowl. Joe Burrow go to one last year. Do you think we kind of see maybe Josh Allen play with a chip on his shoulder, you know, with still waiting for, for his time, his moment of sorts here?
3: Oh, Yes. I, I, I really have trouble picking between the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills simply because of all the things that you're talking about right now. Buffalo Bills have that feeling of destiny. The, the Bengals are just the hotter team, or super hot. Not to say the Buffalo isn't. I mean, the two huge kickoff returns alone uh, just sent notice out that uh, they are a dangerous team, and they can get ahead of you really quickly. But as far as Josh Allen, Josh Allen is a beast, and I still picture that, that shot of him sitting there with his helmet on just waiting to get a chance and knowing he's not going to get the ball uh, in the playoffs last year. And you know that that moment is something you carry with you as a player all through the off season, all into the regular season. And then you dig down into your soul and you pull it back up in the playoffs. And that is what gives you that extra motivation. Cause you're not going to be that guy sitting on the bench, just watching your playoff hopes go down the drain and knowing you're going home after that. So, Josh Allen, because he can hurt you in so many different ways with his legs and he's he's so big um, and, and the weapons as far as Stefan Diggs and, and now seeing, you know, Naheem Hines and his ability on special teams. Um, they really do have the feeling of a team of destiny. And I, and I see them having DeMar Hamlin there on on uh, Sunday. Uh, is that a Saturday or Sunday? I forgot the schedule. I've just been paying attention to my 49ers. Yeah,
2: um, anyway,
3: yeah. It, I'm on. Yeah. Uh, you get, you get tunnel vision when you're assigned to a game, you know, you're doing the national broadcast, you're sitting there starting your flip card and you're, you're, you're really focused on them. But, um, I think he's going to bring, if, if you see DeMar in Buffalo, there at the game. I mean, how, how can they lose? How can they lose? And, and, you know, this number three and DeMar, they're going to ride it all the way. So it's going to be tough.
0: Yeah, it will be. It will be. Uh, we, I know you got to run here. To, so just a little bit of time left. Uh, while we have you here, uh, in that AFC, beyond the, the big three of the Chiefs, Bengals, and the Bills, who could crack that that mold? Is it is it the Chargers? Is it the Jags? Uh, who, who's the next team you think that could crash the party?
3: Uh, out of all of those, they could, you know, catch fire? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I the only one I could see kind of coming out of nowhere, I've said the Buccaneers because of Tom Brady but maybe the Jaguars like wouldn't that be amazing like Trevor Lawrence just starts firing on them like he has been um I I you know I think they're still a ways away from being that team but anybody can catch fire like that so maybe if I had to pick a dark horse that nobody's thinking could win some games in the playoffs maybe maybe it would be uh, the Jaguars
0: yeah yeah we'll see uh, we'll see what happens uh, Amber uh tell us where People can find you and catch uh, the uh, the broadcast uh, this weekend. Uh, you'll be covering uh, the playoffs uh, here uh, all the way down to the end. You'll be at the Super Bowl, you said, here in a couple weeks as well.
3: That's right. You can follow me at Amber Theo Harris on Twitter. I try to keep people up to date on the schedule on where I will be. But, of course, listen to the 49ers and the Seahawks. It's this weekend. Uh, 1 30 uh pacific time which will be local time with the 49ers um at Levi stadium you can catch it on your westwood one station in your market or you can catch it nationally on sirius xm nfl radio so be sure to check it out
0: awesome amber uh, appreciate the time as always we'll be talking again uh, down the road thanks for joining us
3: thanks so much tyler <laughs>
0: Time for Coach Bo's Football Fix, presented by O'Connor Advisory Group. You can find O'Connor Advisory Group Online. OHGKS.com, O'Connor Advisory You can also reach out to Bo by phone at 785-856-0720. That's 856-0720 to schedule an appointment today. He's also the host of the Coach Bo Knows Podcast, out twice a week, wherever you listen to podcasts, and he joins us right now. Bo, uh, how are you doing? Uh since we last talked, I think uh I think George is still scoring.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think I uh, Georgia scored again a moment ago. Let's see, it's uh, what nine thirty or ten? It's late here. Oh, and they scored again! They scored again! Oh no! Yeah, is it a hundred and hundred to seven yet?
0: You know Didn't what's you funny? Done anything fought, yet? Waiting, yeah, waiting. We
4: both we both picked TCU plus the points, and then I put out on Twitter about a, about ten minutes before game time that I switched sides. And I was like, no, I think I'm gonna take Georgia. And uh but that was uh that was ugly. That was ugly.
0: Yeah, that was. We'll have more on that coming up later. Um we'll discuss that. Uh but the picks this week, oh I didn't do too hot last week. Uh I'll be honest. I uh I had a a abysmal record of three and seven. Um but this week, uh, the 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 games are now shorter. We don't have as many games to pick now. Now that we're in playoff time in the NFL, we uh, have six games to pick. It is Super Wild Card Weekend, uh, okay. as the NFL has dubbed it, with uh, this expanded playoff. And so, Bo, uh, let's go get started right away with our, our pick uh, this week: Cowboys and Bucks. Cowboys favored by three. Prime time game. Troy's on the call. Uh, Tom Brady, and it's Dallas coming off a loss against the Commanders. Everything about this game screams Cowboys loss, right?
4: I I totally disagree. I, I tell you why. I the Bucs aren't good.
0: You're really gonna put your money on the Cowboys in January?
4: I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm laying a three.
0: Oh, this you're gonna, gonna regret this point
4: plus game.
0: You, I know, the cowboys you know better tomorrow. not to trust the cowboys in january i don't trust
4: them i just know that tom brady's washed and that this bucks team's awful and they've been awful all season And they, he's they had a terrible the
0: cowboys season. earlier in the year
4: i'm telling you i i've said for about a month and a half now the one team i don't want to play in a one game situation right now is the dallas cowboys i will take the cowboys here i have zero considerations for the Bucks. I'm actually going to put money on the Cowboys, minus three.
2: Paul,
0: Paul, Paul, I mean, th- th- you're, you're really saying this about Dallas. I mean, you're going to trust McCarthy, Dak, who looked horrible last week. I mean. I'm not,
4: not going to overreact to one week. I'm not. I'm not going to overreact to one week when I've got 17 games of Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles and what I've seen this season. There I will say it like this: the Tampa Bay Bucks are the worst team in the playoffs.
0: You think they're worse than Miami without Tua or yes. Baltimore without Lamar? There is
4: literally not a I I Baltimore without Lamar may be worse, but the Bucks are bad. I'm telling you, this is not a good team. Give me the Cowboys.
0: Okay. Uh, you, you go ahead and stay, do that. Uh, I'm not trusting Dallas in uh, January. We've learned, I've learned that lesson too many times. I'm going with Tom Brady and the Bucs at home to cover three. Chargers and Jags. This game's a pick 'em. The Lions have been moving back and forth. It uh, could go as, either way. The uh, Jags are the home team. They're coming in mo- with momentum. Chargers played a lot better as of late, too and dealt with a lot of injuries. Mike Williams, not going to play, though. What do you think about this game here, Bo, with uh, it being a pickle?
4: Okay, so I like both teams here a little bit. Uh, the Jags are hot. I mean, they've won, I think it's
0: seven in a row. Yeah. To get him. And, and um, they, they kicked the Chargers' ass.
4: They did a few weeks ago. But I will say this. The Chargers are healthy, or healthier than they've been all season. And – the Jags have not, did not look good. There was something about the way the Jags played against the Titans. The, the defense bailed them out in the game, and they lose that game if the defense doesn't have that, that – uh, the, the, the fumble and the return. I like the Chargers here. I do. I, I like the Chargers. I think they're a more complete team. I'm not trying to think bad about the Jags. It's just I don't think they're quite ready. I think Doug Peterson's done a great job with this team this year. They're much better – we thought they'd be, but I do like the Chargers better, and I'm I'm taking the Chargers.
0: Okay, uh, I am uh, going to go with the Chargers here as well. I think they're the more talented team. Um, I don't think Jacksonville's an intimidating road environment. I don't see that being an issue. I like uh, the Chargers here as well. Giants and Vikings. Uh, Minnesota three point favorite. Bo, I think both these teams are frauds. It's, it's a damn shame one of them gets to actually win a playoff game here. Um, the Vikings favored by three. The game is in Minneapolis. What do you think?
4: Well, I like the Vikings, and I do like them by three. Um, I don't want to call you a team of fraud. Here's what I'll say. The Giants are much better than we thought they would be. Look, no one expected the Giants to be in the playoffs. Sure. Brian Dayball has done an incredible job. This is not a good team. I mean, let's make sure. There's not a great, great team by any means.
0: Daniel Jones still isn't playing that great.
4: No, and and on the flip side, you can argue that Kirk Cousins is the reason that the Vikings does lose games when they do lose games. So I think outside of a complete disaster and collapse from Kirk Cousins, I think the Vikings win this game. I think three is kind of negligible in this case. Um, I don't think it's going to be a huge blowout either, but the Vikings here.
0: I'll go to the Vikings here too. Um, and I know that neither one of us are big Kirk Cousins fans, but I'll take him over Daniel Jones any day. And I think he's the difference in this football game, believe it or not. I'll go to the Vikings to win and cover three. Ravens and Bengals. Bengals favored by six and a half. At the time of this recording, it looks very unlikely that Lamar Jackson will play in this game against Cincy. Last week, The Ravens looked okay, and it was basically their JV team. They started Anthony Brown, their third-string quarterback, didn't play Mark Andrews, didn't play J.K. Dobbins. But now you get into the postseason, you'll have Dobbins and Mark Andrews back, which should be a big deal. But if it's Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown, that's a big problem, Bo, because they have clearly not been the same team without Lamar Jackson. Six and a half points. Um... I think Cincinnati is going to be just fine here. You can make this 10 or maybe even 13. I'd probably still take sense of here.
4: I like the Bengals here too. I think the Bengals are getting a little bit of disrespect out there in these streets. So um, the Ravens, I mean, this team's not really good enough to be where they're at, especially without Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, there was no way he was playing last week. And I, I don't know if he plays this week. I mean, just based upon the fact that even with Lamar, I don't think they have much of a chance here. I'm taking the Bengals, and i they're dangerous to me.
0: The uh, Seahawks take down the 49ers. Seahawks with a miracle win last week against the Rams, pulling it out in overtime, and they covered. I told Bo it was going to be a close game. He didn't believe me. Um, and the Niners, meanwhile, have been arguably the hottest team in the NFL. It is a home game. And the Niners are favored by ten in this case. Bo, uh, can Seattle keep it within ten? I don't think anybody's expecting Seattle to win this game, but but can they at least keep it competitive here? It's going to be raining. Um, I'd expect both teams to run the football here. Can Seattle keep it close?
4: I, I don't know. You know, it's this is a tough game. I, I think you're right about the Forty Nine ers are expected to win. Um, I don't see how they don't win. I think it's just kind of midnight Cinderella for the Seahawks, though. They've played well beyond what I thought. I thought they were gonna be one of the worst two or three teams in the league.
0: Everybody did.
4: And and I think Pete Carroll's done a great job this year. Geno Smith is he leads the league in completion percentage. Is that correct?
2: That's correct.
4: Unbelievable stat. Um but that's not going to be enough. 10's a lot of points in a playoff game. But I'm going to take the 49ers here. I'm going to lay the 10. I don't feel confident on this. One. But I think that a late score pulls it ahead. Be maybe a defensive score when the Seahawks try to press on something, try to get back into a game. That kind of thing could happen. But give me the 49ers.
0: I like the Niners to win. And... I think for me it comes down to the line of scrimmage. I think they are going to enforce their will that they are better on both sides of the line of scrimmage. But I think Seattle can keep it within ten, and maybe it's the backdoor cover or something to that extent. Um I like uh I like Seattle to cover ten, but San Francisco to win outright. Uh last game, Dolphins and Bills, Bills favored by ten and a half, no Tua. Skylar Thompson getting the start for Miami Miami has looked terrible uh when Tua hasn't played this was a close game a couple weeks ago when they played in Buffalo in the snow but Tua did play in that game came right down at the very end but without Tua involved here Bo I don't see any reason why this game should be close I think Buffalo should lay a, a smack in pretty bad
4: yeah I think Buffalo's gonna smack them down too this is one of those things. The last two games we've talked about is that old adage of, it's hard to beat a team three times in a season, but the Dolphins gave Buffalo everything they wanted three weeks ago, Three, four, three, four weeks ago, whatever it was. It was that Saturday night game. Um, but again, Tua played in that game, and Tua played fantastic in that game. Yes, the Bills are also riding the high of everything that's happened with Demar, and you know he's home and everything else. I don't think anyone's going in there and going to keep it with Buffalo this week. So I'm taking Buffalo.
2: Okay. There you have it.
0: That's our uh, picks against the spread for this week. And that transitions us into continuing to talk about the playoffs. Well, first off, uh, since the last time we talked, we didn't know what the NFL was going to do with after the DeMar Hamlin situation, um, what they were going to do with the playoff format and ultimately What this comes down to is if we see a Buffalo-Kansas City AFC championship game would be played at a neutral site, sounds like Las Vegas is the odds on favorite to host it at this point. Um, You know, there was going to be a situation where if the Ravens had won last week, it would have been a coin toss to decide that game. Um, Obviously, they didn't push back any games or anything. Win percentage did play a factor Ultimately, how do you feel about the way the NFL went about things, what the decisions they made?
4: I think they did the best they could given the situation. I think that when you look at it and you say, well, you you want to be fair, you want to be equitable, you don't want to try to put things off. The team that probably got bruised the hardest in this is Buffalo because had Buffalo beaten the Bengals that game, they'd be the number one seed. But if you're watching that game close enough, you knew that Buffalo wasn't going to beat the Bengals that night. Um, so I would get it as pretty fair, pretty equitable, and now they can move on, play the games in the uh, playoffs, and keep it moving. That's the best you can do and the best you can even hope for, really. It's just some kind of equity in the whole thing. And anybody that's going to whine about, well, you know, why would that game be at neutral site? Well, because we could have seen what could have happened that, that, that particular game was big because of the Bengals and, and the Bengals and the Bills in that game, two actual people in the two teams in the game. So I don't really see where a whole lot of the bitching and whining comes from on it. I think for the most part there's been a lot less of that. Yeah. So just, I mean, keep it moving, and you know, we don't have to change you know, the playoff schedule. And we don't have to change. The only real bitching I heard was the Bengals didn't like the idea of the coin flip they took care of that on their own. Right. So yeah, yeah that's kind of where I'm at with that.
0: Now, l- Let's say, you know, uh, you know, Mark Davis has made it very known. They would love to have the AFC championship game there. Cause that's about the only way they're ever going to host an AFC championship game. Uh, <laughs> with, with that said, let's say that it all goes well, you know, you have a 50, 50 crowd between Buffalo and Kansas city fans and we get a great game and everything could that potentially be the future you think of neutral site conference title games? Is that something the league no. could go to?
4: No, I don't think so. I think this is a, I mean, think it's a blip on the screen. And then, and I, and I think in the end, it's not even going to happen. So I don't think it's where I don't think it's going to be something we have to even discuss or worry about in a couple of weeks. And I don't think it's something that the NFL should consider doing. Yeah. The home team should still have home tilt advantage.
0: I agree with that said transitioning us to the playoff side of uh, the AFC. You don't think we're getting that the, the uh, Bills and Chiefs in the AFC title game? I don't. How do you have this playing out there?
4: In a very surprising way. Um, I think the Chargers are going to beat the Jags. I think the Chargers are going to beat the Chiefs in the second round. Ooh. I, I've, I've been down on the Chiefs for a little while. I've said that they haven't really played – the complete game. And, and, and I looked at it and I said, Look,
0: didn't they, didn't they play team. the complete game last week against Vegas? Let, let, let me finish my man.
4: I just <laughs> said, let to say other than last week, it's the Raiders. Okay. they hadn't covered spread in two months. And I know people will say, well, the betting spread doesn't matter, but what it is, it's, a, it's about an expectation. And I think that the expectation of who the chiefs are is more so than who they actually are. Yeah. And they haven't played a really signature game. Their best win, they beat the hell out of the 49ers earlier in the year. That's their best game. And they haven't played that good in, in 10 weeks. Yeah. I I think that they're I, I think it's a close game week two. And I, I think the Chiefs absolutely will be the favorite. But I, I could see this Charger team that lost both games to the Chiefs by six points total, three in each game, are healthier now than they have been in both those games. They'll have a chip on their shoulder. And they've been a good matchup both times. It isn't like they were blown out in both games. So I I think there's something there. And I do think the Chargers are going to be the team that beats the Chiefs. Now, if the Jags upset the Chargers, or like they're really an upset, it's kind of even. But if the Jags win, I think that helps the Chiefs because the Chiefs will roll the Jags. I don't think it's a good matchup for the Jags at all. I also think that the team that's been left out of all these conversations has been the Bengals. The Bengals had the best offense of all of them. They have the all three, these three teams, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and the Chiefs. They all have the great quarterbacks. You can argue any of them for MVP. I mean, Mahomes is going to win the MVP, but you could argue any of those three for MVP. I like what I see with Buffalo, but what I like better is that when you look at those three teams, only one team played well against the others. The Bengals have beaten the Chiefs at every chance they had. And if you watch that game before the injury, I know it's hard in only the first quarter, Buffalo was getting handed to them. That game was 7-3. It was about to be 14-3. I think Buffalo is going to lose that game, and I think that Cincy. You know the thing I think Cincy feels like they're not. Is everyone's saying, "Well, you got to you got to go to Buffalo or you got to go to Kansas City," and like Joe Mixon just said a couple weeks ago, "Hey, it ain't about where we got to go; it's about that they have to play us, right?" And they're a team that's already experienced to go to the Super Bowl. They they you know their defense is getting better. I love the defensive tackle up front. It's helping them in the run game. I'm picking the Bengals to win the AFC. I'm taking the Bengals and the Eagles. Are we, even, we even got to the AFC yet. But I got the Bengals coming out of the AFC. And I think it's going to – I think the, the, the game is going to be that Buffalo Bengals game. That's going to be the, the, the other one, the game that you go –
2: It's going to be an emotional go, game too, I'm sure. It's going to
4: be an emotional game and it's going to be who plays the best. I think Burrow makes less mistakes than Allen, and that's what's the difference in that game.
0: Here's what I wonder, Bo. Um, The Bengals, what they did last year was so impressive. Um, Beating a really good Tennessee team last year on the road. Uh, I know they've fallen off since, but that was a big-time win for them.
4: Last time that was.
0: Yeah, beating Kansas City on the road, AFC Championship game, big deal. This year they win their division title, had some huge wins. Joe Burrow has looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Jamar Chase, one of the best receivers. You know, Zach Taylor's gaining respect. You know, all the all these different things. Why are they still treated like the redheaded stepchilds of the AFC? I mean, they they belong right up there with Buffalo and Kansas City. Uh I mean they're defending champs, but no, no, no one have
4: a, a respect lot of it. I think it has to do with, the, with who the Bengals have been for the better part of three decades. Yeah. And I think people are looking at it and going, well, are they really that good? Are they not? And, and let's be frank for the first four games, the Bengals didn't look great. They were yeah. what two and two in those first four. And they really got it handed to them a couple times. And right. I just look at it and go, well, they've gotten better throughout the season. Early in the season, also, they had Burrow coming off of an app and Decton, and he was talking about how he didn't have any strength. So, you know, it was harder. I think they are getting disrespected in a way. Uh, they should be talked about as much as Buffalo and Kansas City, especially since they've beaten Kansas City three times in a row. Right. They have zero fear of Kansas City or Buffalo. And I think that's important. I think it comes down to it that, you know, it's locally here. I mean, we're, I mean, I'm near Kansas City. Everyone thinks the Chiefs are going to steamroll everybody. And I'm looking at it going, I don't know. They're really good. Don't get me wrong. And when they're playing their best game, they're going to be extremely hard to beat. But they're also susceptible. And they're susceptible because I got to, eat too much of the backyard bullshit. This little like the ring around the posy thing. Boy, if you'd have pulled that shit against me, first off, you wouldn't have got anything. They didn't they had a penalty on the play. But secondly, I'd have made sure you don't do any of this shit again. They they gotta quit focusing on what looks cool and all these little things and worry
2: about setting
4: up a team that's gonna be ready to play. Yeah. A really good team in Buffalo, a really good team in Cincinnati. A, a really good Chargers team.
0: Yeah um let's uh let's transition over talk to the nfc now um philadelphia you and i have liked all year long but i see a san francisco team that's playing really good um as much as i don't trust dallas in the postseason i can't deny they're a pretty good football team um minnesota i'm not i'm selling i'm not buying but They've had their moments, and they win in miraculous ways. Of those teams, who's the best challenger to Philadelphia, you think?
4: I think it's the 49ers. I think it's the 49ers, and they're they're on an eight-game win streak. The fact that they can run the ball and play outstanding defense, it changes who you are when you're playing against them. The reason that I like the Eagles more is that they can do both. And have the benefit of the big play in the passing game. So that's what I think the Eagles are the most complete team. Yeah. But the 49ers have been gotten better and better and better. It's going to come down to the 49ers is what are they going to do in a situation in a late fourth quarter in a tie game or down three? And you got to start trying to get up, get up the field. And they're not built that way. They're not built for a two-minute offense, that kind of thing. That's what worries me. I think that's what could happen against the Eagles. And as for Dallas, if Dallas is on the same page offensively and defensively as a team, they're dangerous. Yeah. They're good. I mean, they're really good. The defense is great. They're they're athletic as hell. You know, you just can't, they can't turn the ball over, but they can run the ball. And they can shorten games. And then defensively, they make big plays in the defensive side. Yeah. So those are the two that I think, to me, are the two biggest things for the Eagles to look out for. I'm not sold on the Vikings at all. The reason I'm not has nothing to do with the team. It's I don't trust Kirk Cousins. Plain and simple. If you gave me almost half the quarterbacks in the league instead, I'd probably be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I just he, he makes mistakes when he shouldn't. And they've there's some great pieces around him, but I don't know. I to me, I that's what I'm curious about in the Vikings.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I get that uh completely, Bo. Uh so with that said, um let me ask you this, Bo. Um of how this played out. You told me that you have your Super Bowl as uh the Eagles taking on the Bengals um, in that hypothetical matchup here, which team, I know it's still early, still a few weeks ago, obviously yeah. go through the postseason. which team do you like more at this, at this moment in time?
4: I like the Eagles. I do. I, like the, I think they're the most complete team. And I think that's going across all teams in this, in this whole thing. I mean, You have a great offense, great defense. If I had to pick one team and bet my money on one team to win the whole thing right now, it would be the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Okay. Uh, A couple more NFL notes uh, here. Uh, Coaching changes uh, going on. Black money, of course, occurred uh, with some of these firings uh, that went on across the league. Um, First off, uh, that Arizona situation, they move on from – uh cliff kingsbury their head coach steve Kime, they're a uh, general manager as well kava murray's gonna miss most of next year and he gets paid a lot of money in that arizona job just absolutely horrible bo i mean what a mess that situation is and you just yeah. lost your hall of famer and and uh jj Watt to retirement
4: yeah, and then I heard they're understanding that they're wanting to trade DeAndre Hopkins as well. Yeah, I think if you're taking that job, you need to be a coach that's coming in with a general manager who you're on the same page with, and you have to believe in Kyler Murray. Yeah, and yeah. you have to realize you're not going to be good in 2023. That's a lot to ask. So I, I don't know that that's I mean, not a
2: good
0: job, Denver. Somebody's. I mean, like the job openings right now, they're not good
2: jobs.
4: No. I was actually talking about my podcast. I don't think that any of the current job openings are good ones. I don't think that a lot of these coaches will want these, these gigs. I mean, like – I still think I, I we'll see say, something else open, but
0: yeah. – I like the core of Carolina's young roster. They got some good players like you know, D.J. Moore and company. Um, but their ownership hasn't been stable. They haven't made good decisions. It's one of those deals where I like the foundation there, but you still got to find a quarterback and you don't have good ownership. Uh, You know, Indianapolis is a bad job. You know, some of these others, um, they're just kind of a mess right now. I mean, I I look at Sean Payton, who is probably the top prize right now of all the head coaches. If I'm Sean Payton, why would I want to take a head coaching job right now? Go go cash that TV money for another year and reevaluate again next year.
4: Yeah. I don't know why Sean Payton would take any of these five jobs. Uh, If he likes Kyler Murray, and he can bring in his own general manager, then the Arizona job makes sense. The Denver job seems to me like you've got the most there, but you don't have draft capital to improve your roster. So you better really like Russell Wilson. I don't know about that. Houston's a disaster. That's a terrible roster. It's terrible management, the whole thing. And then Indy, we got bad ownership. You've got a roster that's getting older, and just not as good as they were even two years ago. And no quarterback. I look at this, I just can't think of a good spot. If I'm, if I'm Sean Payton, and that's the the biggest name out there, I don't disagree with you on the Carolina thing. That might be the best spot but I'm not sure that it's a good spot. I don't think any of these are necessarily good spots.
2: Right.
0: Um, Well, and then Jim Harbaugh, you know, we heard the report a couple days ago that he would take any NFL offer that's given to him. And then shortly thereafter it came out that um, he's being investigated by the NCAA at Michigan for uh, recruiting violations during the pandemic and – you know how he handled things there, and that he could himself be suspended uh, a decent amount, and this could be his way to kind of get out of there. Even with, even with that said, if I'm Harbaugh, I mean, what's the NCAA really going to do in this day and age that much anymore? And Michigan comes back. I, I know that they we, – we talked about this last week, that I think he's topped out. I don't think he can do any better than what he did of getting you know, in the semifinal. But that roster next year is as good as any roster in college football next year. I mean, even if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I understand things might not be looking good on the NCAA front, but I think even him would be better off waiting another year at this point for another NFL job.
4: Yeah, I don't know what he's looking for. Um, yeah, I don't think any of these jobs are appealing. The NCAA thing is like a zero concern to me
2: I'm Jim Harbaugh. Yeah.
4: It's just, what are they going to do at this point? Right. They've thrown their arms up at pretty much everything. And what are you going to do? Are going to get mad because he made a couple extra Zoom calls or whatever it might have been during COVID? You know, like, get over it. Right. I mean, the NCAA has been investigating Kansas basketball for six years. Right. You know, nothing's imminent. What are you going to do? Are you going to scare me? I mean, you're not staying in a coaching job board for five or six years anyway. So why am I worried about that if I'm Jim Harbaugh? Right. It's about finding the right spot if you're him. And I, I don't know that any of these are right. I, I don't know. It, it, I don't think that the NCAA thing is an excuse for him to go. But I do think that, I mean, if he wants to go back to the league, he certainly is deserving the opportunity. And and I, I think it's more apt that he would have, um, he would look at it as a chance to improve himself in his situation, and that maybe he has done everything he can at Michigan. I mean, yeah. if he didn't win a national title this year and last year, after making the playoffs twice in a row, and even getting out of the semis. Then what's you know what's he gonna do? What's next? I I, I don't know. I the Jim Harbaugh thing is is curious to me. I do think he'll end up getting a job if he wants one. No matter if he wants the right one or not.
2: Right. Right. Um, I mean
0: these
4: these teams are gonna find it hard to get the right guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah I I I think so. Uh you know like there was a report that came out from Shefty tonight that Denver is going to interview David Shaw. Um I mean like uh, isn't that just a rude interview at that point? I, I don't mean to
4: disrespect David Shaw. I have a lot of respect for David Shaw, but why would he be interviewing for the Denver Broncos job? <laughs> he just left Stanford saying he was tired. I mean, I, yeah, that's trying to check a box. Yeah, that's checking a box to me. I, I got a problem with that.
2: Yeah.
0: Goodness. Um, speaking of college coaches, uh, Kirby Smart, man, he's a good one. Uh, <laughs> What they did on Monday night, Bo, I mean, I I think they would have beaten every every team in the country by double digits probably. I mean, they came out determined. They were ready to play. TCU, I think, deserved to still be there. I mean, they beat Michigan. They did what they were supposed to do in the semifinal, but they came unprepared. They weren't ready for that game. You know, the better team won by a mile. Um, But what what a job by Kirby and Company to, to repeat and get back to the title game and just dominate the way that they did. Um just just an unbelievable performance. And and there's no reason to think that they're not the next dynasty in college football right now.
4: Yeah, I think you're on to something there. It's the dynasty thing. I i found it funny like everybody else has with David Pollack saying it and then Nick Saban sitting right next to him. Um I think it's funny. You look at this and you just go, well, you got you know, uh, back-to-back years, they've had to target on their back the entire year this year. They've outplayed everybody every time they could. We talked in the preseason. I was like, there's no – I don't think there was a way Georgia could do this. I thought that they would lost – they lost too much in that strong defense they had. But they kept doing it, and they keep filling in with four- and five-star guys. And Kirby Smart's a great coach. Uh, it's for that victory in that game – I mean that's the slaughter. I mean, I, I jokingly said I wasn't even—I was only half joking when I said, "Hey, Alabama would have given him a better game." Yeah, I said Tulane would have given him a better game than TCU did. Yeah, now, there's a lot of teams that would have given them. It, it's now we now clearly see that the Ohio State, um, the semifinal game of Ohio State was by far the the actual national championship game. Right. Yeah, and, and, and look, God bless TCU for being there and getting as far as they did in Sonny Dice's first year. And that team's not nearly as talented.
2: Right, as they overachieved the big time.
4: Oh, big time. Yeah, I so, saw, I mean, I'm not trying to shade at those guys. They are, they were the worst of those four teams. And they probably were by a lot. They played extremely good against Michigan, and Michigan blew it. I mean, Michigan was... First and goal inside the five, four times, only scored once. Um, I just, you know, it, and I don't think that's letting them off the hook more than it's, you know, TCU did the things you had to do to win that game, but they didn't have a chance. They were out, man, they were outgunned against Georgia. And yeah. I don't know that anybody would have beaten Georgia that night. Yeah. 2019 LSU might have had a chance. would have been, been a great game. It would have been a great game. Two thousand one Miami would have been a good game. Too. Yeah, but that's that's what we're talking about. We're talking about like the historically great teams, and that's what they played like.
0: I, I think you you were tell you've told me several times this year you thought this was going to be it for Nick Saban, but yeah. as far as we know, he's going to be back next year. Um, as long as Kirby keeps this going, how much? More can Saban take? I wonder of Kirby dominating.
4: I don't know. I don't know, but I look at it and I go, "Man, he Saban cannot like what's going on." I I thought I kind of felt like Nick Saban last year was kind of at the end. I, I still felt that way, even up to the Auburn game. I felt that way. Yeah, saw something, saw a glimpse of some, 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 uh. I don't want to call it hatred, but some evil in his eyes the last couple of weeks, and and how well they played in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere now. Yeah, I just. But it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's Georgia has taken over the mantle of the best. They are the they are the gold standard now.
2: Yeah. Um. Early
0: uh, last thing. We'll end on this. Uh, yeah. Now we look ahead to the NFL draft. We have plenty of time to discuss the draft, but yeah. I, I have four names that come to mind of who I would, I, I would think are going to be considered for the number one pick. Um, Jalen Carter, Georgia, Will Anderson at Alabama, Bryce Young, and CJ Stroud. I think are going to be the four names. Um if all things are equal, you know, just just best. Who's, who's the number one player on Bo's big board?
4: Bryce Young is. And it's because he's a quarterback. I mean, to get a franchise quarterback, it's more important. Do I think – I think Will Anderson could be the best player. But when you look at it, it's just so important to have the quarterback and i think he's the quarterback in this draft. So to if me you're, number one you're, on my board is, is is Bryce
0: Young. So if you're Chicago then do you go ahead and trade off Justin Fields and make Bryce Young your guy? What how, how, what do you do if you're Chicago with that number one pick right now?
4: I if I'm Chicago I'm trying to find a partner to get that get that get rid of that pick and try to get some depth. I like what Justin Fields is doing there. It, it comes down to what they think of Justin Fields. Um, you know, what does their staff think? What does their – do they think he can be the face of the franchise? Um, he's shown some glimpses this season of some greatness and being different. Um, he's shown me some Lamar Jackson kind of stuff at times. Yeah. But that's a really bad team. So it's it's hard to know. So you got to get him a couple of weapons as well. I, I think if you look at it, if you're the Bears, you might take Will Anderson just to say, hey, I got to have a guy on the other side of the ball who can put pressure on offenses to score so we don't have to score as much. Right. But I, if I were the Bears, I'd try to find a partner and drop down out of that top four and see if I could pick up another first-round pick or, you know, I mean, someone's going to trade him something to get one of those quarterbacks. Yeah. That's what I gotta think. Is I gotta think someone's gonna come with a package for quarterbacks. And if you can, if you're the Bears, I would try to do that and make this better. But we don't know what's being said inside the building. Right. They like Justin Fields, they're gonna trade the pick. If they don't like him, they're gonna pick Bryce. Schitt.
0: But I so don't might think you will still be able gonna. to get a first round pick for Justin Fields, potentially.
4: Yeah, you could. I mean. I would look at that. What's the bounty either way? what can you get? And who do you feel more comfortable? I will say if you like Justin Fields, it's better to keep him than to trade him away, even for a high pick thinking that, well, we can draft Bryce young because you'd rather go with the one, you know, than you don't know. Right. So yeah, right now, I can't prognosticate who I think would be the number one pick. I think it's I think it's one of the two Alabama guys, but I don't know which one, and I certainly think the trades are going to be talked about.
2: Yeah,
0: and Mel Kiper's got Jalen Carter as his number one player right now, so it's uh it's anyone's guess. Mel
4: it's Kiper's never one been wrong before.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mel so.
4: Kiper like Trevor Lawrence over Joe Burrow.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh, Mel Kiper uh, right now has Will Levis as his number one QB, which that is, yeah.
4: I, I I think Will Levis is a good QB. I think he could be a starter in the NFL. I don't think he's better think than Stroud,
0: good. even or or Bryce Young.
4: Yeah, he, he could be, but you got to get him with the right coach. He cannot play his first year, but the offense he played at Kentucky wasn't very, um. Wasn't very intricate. See, he's going to have to learn a lot. Yeah, yeah. So i I like both. I like both Stroud and Young. I think mean, they're both franchise guys, and I, I see a lot of Jalen Hurts in both of them.
0: Yeah, Bo. Uh, we got to go real quick. What's uh What's on the podcast this week?
4: Uh, we are talking Uncle Rico and I. Just did a. We just just recorded. Uh, we did a playoff preview. We talked about um, we hadn't been out for two weeks now, so getting back in. Lots of playoff preview stuff. 0.5 will come out on Saturday, and Ellen and I are going to go go around to all sports and see what's going on. Well, I'm sure we'll get a little college basketball in there and maybe even a little bit of the NBA. Lots going on in the last couple of weeks as we've been out. So,
0: Very nice. Uh, he's Coach Bo. Check him out. Coach Bo knows podcasts each, out each and every week. Well, appreciate the time as always. We'll talk to you next week.
4: Thank you, Tyler. Take care, buddy.
0: Final segment before we go. It is time for our Tom Fullery Story of the Week. Thomas Bridges standing by with something ridiculous happening in the world. Tom, where shall we go to this time?
1: Jones, we're going back home. Well, I'm home right now. You're not. <laughs> so, uh, But we're going back to your hometown, and we're not talking about Calera. We're talking about T-Town, baby. The Big T. Tulsa, Oklahoma. With the Golden Driller. The Golden Driller, baby. Um, and instead, we're going... Instead of the Golden Driller, we're going with the... I don't know. The, the Golden Porch Pirate right here. Jones, Porch Pirating has been pretty big ever since Amazon has become popular. You know, we're almost... I'd say one house on every street has an Amazon package. It feels like maybe even more. Well, Jones, we've seen the influx of porch pirates where they just pull up your, you know, pull up on the street, run up, grab your, por- you know, your package off your porch and then get back in the car and leave. Um, and, you know, and I've seen people on the ring app put dog poop into boxes and have the porch pirates end up stealing that. I'm sure they get pissed off, but you know, you got to get some sort of a karma. Walt Jones, this guy finally had his day. Um, TPD, Tulsa Police Department, man arrested after being recognized wearing underwear as a mask in porch pirate cases. Fox 23. Your friend Shay Razzie and we're Sarah. Covering Wade. News That Matters. Exactly. <laughs> and we're covering News That Matters right here on uh Tom Fulleray, Tulsa, Oklahoma. The Tulsa Police Department has arrested an alleged porch pirate with an with an unusual and questionably effective mask, according to CPD social media post. TPD said they were made aware of a porch pirate case in West Tulsa on January 6th. According to TPD, they were provided with surveillance images of the suspect and the flock safety security system that helped find the suspect's vehicle. TPD said an officer recognized the suspect from a previous porch pirate case where the suspect was wearing women's underwear as a mask. According to TPD, they went to the suspect's home west of downtown Tulsa, knocked on the door, and saw the suspect, Spencer Googler, inside. TPD said Googler remained inside the home and would not talk to the officers. According to TPD, a search warrant for the home was obtained and signed. After that warrant was signed, Googler exited the home. TPD said Googler was arrested and booked for five counts of larceny. K- KCSP, knowingly concealing stolen property and grand larceny jones if you're gonna steal stuff from people's front porch most people nowadays at least even in like a residential home i live in a townhouse that's a part of apartment complex and i have a ring camera um most residential homes now have a ring camera that means you're gonna be on camera Getting up close anywhere near the front door, um, and if you're going to steal a package, for one, you think you would park far away, um, and be in a unidentified car. If you, you know, can think about maybe not parking right in front of the house and then you would imagine you would put on some sort of mask or shield your face. This guy thought it was a good idea to put on women's panties or underwear to shield his face and then continue doing it. It wasn't a one-time deal. Um, Listen, women's panties nowadays, Jones, don't get me wrong. This sounds terrible to me. It's not like the 80s where it's all granny panties. Like Women's panties now... You're probably going to be, if you're going to wear women's panties nowadays to rob a house or be a porch pirate, the women's panties that you're probably putting on now is probably a thong, very revealing.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. You know,
1: you need some boxer briefs to put over your face. You know, uh, men's like you're under- not
0: getting away with any crime wearing any panties on your face. They're going to know who you are.
1: Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, you see any lingerie pics now, doesn't leave much to the imagination. I would assume that would be the same. Um, You know, either if they're under, you know, over the girl's ass or over the porch pirate's face. Um, Doesn't really leave much to the imagination, and obviously this man got caught for it. So, I don't know if he was a weirdo panty sniffer. Um, And, and, you know, maybe that was a kink deal for him, or You know, if you really wanted to hide, you just wear boxer briefs over your face and, uh, you know, put the elastic band over your nose. And, uh, you know, if you wanted comfort, maybe you'd rock a a pair of silk boxer briefs. Um, But this man doubled down on it and went full on Playboy Bunny on his face to steal steal your, uh, your iPhone cord. Off your front porch in a box, all the way in Tulsa, Jones.
2: What say you, man? Um, you know,
0: they say sometimes that uh, when you're doing uh, you know hardcore crime, that you know some people are made for it and some people aren't. I mean, a, a panties-wearing, uh, you know, thief here. I mean, that's that just ain't gonna work. I mean, that, that just ain't gonna last. And you know, I, I'll say this, Tom. Um, you know, don't ask me how, but I know that the police in Tulsa aren't great necessarily doing their job and catching criminals. Um, you know. There's a lot you can. Let me put it this way: There's a lot you can get away with in Tulsa. You make things a lot easier from when you're wearing uh, panties over your face.
1: I mean, yeah, you're not the you're not the typical Joe. Uh, you know, if you're wearing women's panties over your face, then you know, for the most part, I uh, mean, you should only be
0: wearing women's good. panties over your face if something's getting kinky in the bedroom, not for crime.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd probably have to say so too. I mean you know they're gonna get a little kinky and steal your maybe your maybe your sex with emily sex toys off the uh <laughs> You know. Um it's always funny thinking about that. Yeah. Um you know, I'm glad he was caught. I, I see, to be honest with you, for the most part, the most things that I see um, on the Ring app are porch parts. Yeah. And people are very bold. They just walk right up. They literally park their car out on the street, get out of the car, walk right up, take the package, get right back in the car, you know, and... I think for the most part, obviously, these packages are probably usually coming from Amazon, which is fine. You know, you have, I would call it like insurance, maybe. Um, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know what it technically would be called, but they that they usually get replaced. You know, it's not, it's not like, okay, if you get your shit stole on a package, just, you know, you might have to wait a couple more days to get a replacement. But you don't just lose out on that money. Right. Just because you got your package stolen. I mean, they're pretty good about that. Especially if you have video evidence. Yeah. You know, you'll get your... You'll get whatever you needed or whatever you had coming to you um, back. So... But it, it still doesn't excuse anybody just coming up to your front porch. Listen, I had my car broken into. Um... You know, it's almost been two years going on now, but I still think about that. I have a garage now, where that that would not happen again. Um, at least I hope not. You know, you know, if that if it happens again, that means someone's breaking into my garage. Um, that's attached to my house, but you know, at the same time, it's like okay, well, that even kind of disrupted my sense of security, so. If someone came up to my front porch and jacked a package right in front of the camera, then like, people are getting way too more, like, bold. Right. No kidding. Um,
0: people just don't care anymore, it seems. You know, there, there's not any repercussions for those type of things. You know, just get away with stuff like that. It's Um You know, the things go down like that, and... But, man, uh, the uh, the panties. Uh, Tom, uh, 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 do you think – here's what I wonder as far as the panties go. Do you think he's going out and buying panties? Or, or has he got, like, a girlfriend or or a wife or something, and he's taking their panties when he puts them on, uh, you know, out uh, to make his, his crime?
1: I'm thinking that he might have gotten the panties um, in a previous Porch Pirate raid. Ooh yeah maybe he he robbed some old girl's house that was getting an order from Victoria's Secret or maybe maybe he's stealing them at the stores or whatever I mean you know you can't even rule that out anymore um you know with the rules now anything that happens now you know they tell people not to chase them or not to do anything and just they use it as a insurance write-off of sorts yeah So, you know, what do
2: you do?
0: What do you do? Very fascinating story. Uh, That's our Tom Fulry story of the week this week. Uh, The uh, the panty porch pirate, uh, courtesy of Tulsa. Tom, I mean, uh, between this and then the the Chief's Wolf, uh, we've had some pretty interesting crime stories out of Tulsa lately.
1: Yeah, and for a person living here, I don't know if that's fortunately or unfortunately. It makes for good uh, entertainment. Good for the content, yeah. Good good for the content, but maybe not for the good people living here. Right. As, as long as I'm not the victim of an Tom, eventual Tom Fuller story, then we're okay. I feel like the more we
0: talk about these things, the more we're setting up ourselves eventually to be in tomfoolery. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not, too. Uh, that does it for the Jonesport this week. Uh, big thanks to Amber Theo Harris for stopping by, Coach Bo, and you, the listener, for being here with us. Uh, as always, you can follow the show on uh, social media: Facebook.com uh, forward slash Tyler Jones Live, uh, Twitter at Tyler Jones Live, Instagram at Tyler Jones Live, uh, Twitter at Thomas underscore Bridges, Insta Thomas. Uh, Studio Soapbox on Facebook and Twitter And a Jones underscore report on Instagram You can find us there Uh, You can also subscribe to the show New episodes out each and every Thursday Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts Leave us a five-star review Or don't leave us one at all Tom, um, we won't go into too much detail We're we're still working on some things But uh, as far as just this year goes For what we have lined up here With Studio Soapbox and and you personally, uh, we got some good stuff in the works, uh, some exciting stuff ahead here for uh, for 2023 in this uh,
1: new year. I think we do. We got we got some new content on the way, and I think it's uh, it's exciting. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good year, Jordan. Yeah.
2: year, baby.
0: Yeah, and uh, exciting stuff with uh, Let's Go Racing with David Starr as well. I know that we're only a few weeks away from Daytona now. I'll be there, David Dominic. Of course, uh, we'll all be out there, and uh, also Luke Slayball. He's got a new podcast out this week. Coach Bo, check out his show as well. Uh, big stuff going on at the network, uh, so check out all our shows on the Studio Studio Soap Bikes Network. Uh, we certainly encourage. That does it for the uh, Jones Sport this week. We will see you right back here on another edition of Jones Sport. Four Thomas Bridges, and our entire crew, Tyler Jones. Thanks so long.